Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we are going to be discussing sketches from Brad Neely's Hargnallen Scolopio Pipio and The State. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we are going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me, as always, it's Julian Morgan. Hey. And Seth Alcorn. Hello. I'm Andy Weld, and today we are happy to have on as a guest, Stephanie House. Stephanie, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Great. We're super happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Yes, a little bit. Uh, so I started, uh, I've been writing and performing for the better part of uh, three or four years now. I actually started way back in high school and in college and doing theater and everything. And I started off as a theater major, decided I was a better writer than I was a performer. So I got, I changed it over to English major. And I actually, my first foray into comedy performing it was with uh, Laugh Index Theater. And they had a free improv class. Uh, and after the class, one of the, uh, the, uh, people in Laugh Index Theater reached out to me and said, hey, are you interested in doing improv with one of our groups? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> but <laughs> they have a sketch group, and I, I was like, I could do sketch. I can't. I, in improv, I don't think I could sustain it, that kind of mentality. But yeah, uh, and so now I'm a regular over with the house band, and I'm also uh, not related to comedy, but related to writing. I'm a contributing playwright over at the Rose Theater Company. We oh, did. cool. Yeah. What what kind of, what is your approach to approach to playwriting? Sure. Uh, so I, it's a lot darker. Uh, I think dark comedy is what I, mm-hmm. where I really uh, succeed in playwriting. Yeah, I think that that's, that's just, that is. Totally. Gonna, and we can tell yeah. from your choice too from there. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of a theater deep cut. So are, are you okay. familiar, do you, have you seen any Martin McDonough? I haven't, I, uh, is that the Pillow Man? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen it, but I've uh, I've heard that he's fantastic, so I have to. Check yeah, him out. he mm-hmm. he's um, for everybody who's who's not uh, the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's a playwright who usually writes darkly comedic stuff in mm-hmm. the west of Ireland. That's usually where he sets his his plays. And that's your that's jam. Um, All things Irish. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's my jam. Nice. <laughs> and so, house band. So, do I, do I say it house band or the house band? Uh, it's it's oh, that's that's a better question for Stephen Hale. To, shout out to Stephen Hale. Stephen Hale, um, former think, guest on the show, friend of the show. Yeah, right. I think yeah, I think I think either one is fine. We're we're not cheesy. Fair enough. So what? Tell us about House Band. What's sure. how, how does House Band approach Sketch? What's your role in House Band? Sure. So there's about 11 or 12 of us right now. Um, it, it kind of varies with uh, who comes in. Sure. And I think that there's 11 or 12 kinds of comedy in uh, our in our sketch repertoire because there's we're all very different. Everyone has their own strength, and and I think that it just. Uh, it's a very eclectic bunch, and we and if you don't like something that is going on on stage, just wait a minute, then you'll you'll find something for yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly like us. Like we're mm-hmm. we're a huge group too. Do you do you guys like write for a certain person? Like do, do you like find that like you know this like this particular actor just gets what I do, and sure. so you just like write for them? I like think I, so. I've worked with uh, some of the members of uh, House Band uh, a little bit longer, so I know their acting style and what they can do uh, a little bit better than some of the other 
people, so I, I naturally kind of lean towards them, but we're all kind of learning and growing as, as we're working together. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really tricky spot to be in because, like, you know, the, the, you, you want to give everyone, even as a director or a writer, you want to give everyone stage time and stuff like that. But, like, you know, just having that, you know, like, I don't know what this person's strengths are or right. whatever. Like, so, like, you know, like, how do you it's, – it's, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Like, how do you gauge that? Like, I don't – I, I even struggle with it myself. Right. Well, I think it's just it, – it's familiarity. Mm -hmm. I would think you just yeah. have to, like, be around them, watch them perform, like, see what they write if they write, that kind of thing. Right. And just trying things out and, yeah. and putting it on its feet. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And just tweaking it to make it work for those certain people. And when you're writing sketch, um, like – do you have a way that you generally approach the writing, like a thing that inspires you normally yes. or like a type of a way you approach writing or is it just I had an idea and I wrote the idea? Well, I'm a very nervous person and so I'm very self-aware at all times. Mm. Uh, so I think that that's something that I bring into my writing and into uh, my performances that I'm, I'm very self-aware and just – conscious of where I am and what I'm doing at all times. And I try to use that to my advantage and uh, kind of use that ability. All right. Well, let's get to our uh, to the first sketch sure. for the day. Uh, can you introduce it, Sarah? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so the sketch is called Fruit Blood, um, and it's specifically their song, uh, First You Get the Haircut. And uh, it's what can only be described as a band of bondage fetish showgirl men and playing a set at a local bar slash eatery. All right. Well, here's a clip. First you get the haircut, then you get the titties. First you get the haircut, and then you get them titties. First you get the haircut, then you get the titties. First you get the haircut, and then you get them titties. First you get the haircut, then you get the titties. First you get the haircut, and then you get them titties. First you get the haircut, then you get the titties. First you get the haircut, and then you get them titties. First you get the haircut, then you get the All right. Stephanie, why did you bring that sketch to us today? Sure. So I really love musical comedy. I think that something that music does, that comedy does very well is bring us all together because it, it it draws on a collective consciousness that we have. I have yet to speak to people who say, I don't like music and I don't like to laugh. So I think that it marries two of the basic things that we have all in common uh, as human beings. And I brought uh, and it, it, something, like I said, that uh, musical sketches do very well. And I think that sketch troops like and their stand-up, their stand-up comedian duo, uh, Flight of the Concords, sure. uh, yeah. Crazy, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend even does a little bit of it. Uh, they choose the genre of uh, musical to really inform the sketch. So just for example, if there's uh, a sketch that's there's there's 
a specific song about uh, how women are, men are terrible and we're all, and something that unites us as women is generalizing about men. Uh, they set this to this 80s theme song where it's very Weather Girls, very connected in, in that respect. Um, and it's very jumpy and everything. Um, Fruit Blood does none of that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It does like, none yeah. of that. Yeah. It is a very, uh, the music is very monotonous. Um, and I guarantee if you are listening to, if you listen to the clip and you didn't catch my little blurb in the beginning, you would not be picturing what is on the screen. So that's no. something that I really, right. <laughs> so, I really enjoy about and that. And that, that's, yeah. that, that's what kind of intrigued me about it is because like, you know, Fly the Concords, I've, I've, I have my favorite songs from them. Like mm-hmm. I, I can just listen to it. Like, you know, Bowie's in space. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Just like you, you can listen to that on its own without the visuals. Mm-hmm. But this kind of relies, like, it really relies on the psych eggs mm-hmm. of, like, them being in bondage outfits. Yes. The one guy, like, the one kid that's getting his hair cut on the beach and then looks over and there's, like, a woman right, right there. Like, like, that's funny because, like, how do you write something that just relies solely on psych eggs? And it, it is the I, I think it also has to do with the absurdity of the of the lyrics and that first you get the haircut, then you get the titties. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, originally, uh, I, I thought that they were going to have operations. Yes, and then- that's that's what that's one possibility. Or there's two mannequins that are bouncing up there with them. Does that mean that you get to touch those titties? Do you get to will titties will the women just appear like the uh, beach in the beach part of the sketch. Yeah, I yeah. mean, who knows? I, I want to say that I, I watched, uh, there are seven Fruit Blood yes. sketches, mm-hmm. and I watched all of them mm-hmm. after watching this one so I could get a little bit better context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not. It, the context <laughs> was not there for me to get. Yes. Uh, but didn't get the t- context, didn't get the titties. No, yes. no I did not. It was, it was a shame, so I need to go get the haircut, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what it missed. is. But <laughs> the mannequins... Mm-hmm. Are there in every? It's just yes, two mannequins are. bobbing up and down, seemingly on their own. Yes, and that, that's another thing that's really great about the sketch is that it's an animation sketch, and that they can really manipulate the reality of the in in a way that you can't do with real live people because there's limitations yeah, on what absolutely. you can do. And the main guy has this weird helmet thing that doesn't seem like it would be based in reality. Their faces are very. They're they're very stoic, and they're saying these very weird things. Uh, and the only one that really emotes is well, there's there's two that really emote. Is the one that says, "I need a haircut, I need the titties," is uh, that one. Um, and then the drummer that is passed out on the floor with his nose bleeding yeah. in a banana in suit. A banana suit. Yeah, yeah, in a banana yeah. suit. He is constantly passed out on the floor. Right. By the way, again, in every in every one of these sketches. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you haven't watched them all, and you watch this one. I would actually encourage you to go watch them all mm-hmm. because it doesn't really take much time, and mm-hmm. they're all very strange. Mm-hmm. And one of the things since we we're talking about visual elements that would be it would be difficult to add in real life. Why don't we talk about Stripe for a minute? The Gremlin. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From Gremlins. Right. It is the bad gremlin from mm-hmm. the movie Gremlins who is enjoying the hell out, out of, of some fruit blood. Yes. <laughs> Seemingly the only person until the la- until the final episode. Yes. Or the only I guess person is maybe there are the only being entity. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is he's a person, it. Andy. He's oh. just a gremlin person. <laughs> until the last one. Identifiers Andy. It's a strange why well, it's, it's I think it's the strange touch of this like it's the kind of the what you can get from the animation thing is you can have all of these things like you know there's that 
gag that's twice that they have twice and then pays off in the last one where the table is reserved for Kendall Jenner mm -hmm. and then it's reserved for Princess Diana. 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 Yeah. And then in the last beat, Kendall Jenner is there dancing <laughs> and Princess Diana's skeleton is there. In <laughs> yes. a, like a her the blue dress that she wore. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. was something. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I think that it's, it's something me. to do with the 80s. There's like this underlying, because Gremlins came out in the 80s, the Gremlins correct? Gremlins came out and in the, the 80s. And Princess well, the band, Diana. Actually, their aesthetic reminded me of Devo. Um, oh yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I because that like just like that struck me as something that Devo would do given the Whippet outfits. Yeah, that's interesting. And then their sound reminded me kind of like somewhere between the Talking Heads and the B fifty twos. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, and then you know, the the big one, the one where they have an audience that seems to be enjoying them a lot, is mm -hmm. Sex Cave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they talk about going back to the Sex Cave. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the club, see, all right, so now I have to tell you, audience, about the club, right? The club is completely empty. There's maybe yes. only ever three people in the club, one of whom is a very confused diner. Yes. Who is mostly trying to get out politely. Who pays for nothing. Who he puts for, like a dollar down and, and is like, and, and leaves and at leaves. one point. And at one point, there's a couple that comes in for a date and the guy takes a second to look at the band and then runs off, <laughs> leaving his date behind. So that when we get to her. Sex Cave and the, the club is absolutely jam-packed with patrons who are loving them singing about the Sex Cave, mm -hmm. it's, uh, as Andy said, it's something. So mm -hmm. I, I guess Hearing Seth say Sex, sex Cave yeah. is hilarious. I don't know why. Like, sex Cave. <laughs> one of the things that's interesting about the sketch is that there are all of these seemingly like discordant visuals mm -hmm. like there are oh, yeah. all of these different things happening yes um and i know for me that kind of takes me out of it a little bit okay. because for me it feels like there's no consistency to the universe because it's all like dadaism and mm -hmm. i mean obviously like that's 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 just a way of art right mm -hmm. um but or anti-art yeah, yeah that's true mm -hmm. absolutely is there do you see like a coherent any like a, a coherent theme to what's happening? Well, I think that it uh, not a theme, but the animation itself, I think, really is because they're all in the animation style of the uh, of I think it's called Titmouse, the the people who animate the sketches and it. So the mouse yeah, got think, the titties. Uh, the mouse did get the titties. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that that Disturbing. is what connects them to me. Is the animation style totally? Yeah, yeah. And, and, but also we just like we just literally like Seth just literally drew a line like that's 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 what's so fun about this kind of stuff like Tim and Eric as well too. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like it's so absurd, but like also like we we literally just talked about the eighties and like the mm -hmm. bands and, and all this Deaver, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And De like yeah. so like they're not doing something you know, they're just like throwing paint on the wall. They're like it's it's thoughtful mm -hmm. in a way that like it. So like it, they present something to you and they don't explain it. And then you yourself are the one that has to like really think about right, it. But, but I, I guess, sorry. no, no, I was just going to say, I think in order to, to get that, it's kind of a, um, it is a demanding sketch because I think really the point of Fruit Blood is that you are supposed to have watched all of Fruit Blood. They're sort of cumulative. Mm -hmm. But in order to actually get what is going on, you would need to watch them, take notes, see what visuals they showed you right and then like there's the there's that one uh, i forget which one it's in but there's a there's a, a woman who is a, a multiple amputee who's sitting on a bar stool who's mm. really getting into the music and i was like that actually took me out of it because i was like uh, <sighs> what are you what are you what are you trying to say it's too much this it's yeah like 
Yeah, I didn't want it. Like, if it had been a mannequin, I would have been fine with it, right. I think. But, um, and of course, the mannequins make me think of Pyramid Head from the first Silent Hill game. Oh. That's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, Julian, to the point you were making, like, I, I think there's there's the question of, like, author's intent almost mm-hmm. here. Yes. Um, and I think, for, like, the point of view you just gave is giving the author a lot of credit, I mm-hmm. think, for saying, I'm doing this to make you think about right. it. And right. my interpretation of it is much more... I'm doing this because it's strange. Right. Well, I think that it's it's not fair to say that Brad Neely didn't uh, kind of intend some of the things that we're talking about because he does use musical sketches throughout the uh, the entirety of the sketch show, and he he does it very well. He uses what I mentioned before in that he really thinks about what genre of music that he's trying to do. There's a sketch in um, Hargnallen uh, called Pomf, and it's uh, it's literally about the sound that a pillow makes that when you throw it on the floor when you're about to give somebody a blowjob. And, <laughs> um, okay. and it's in this very uh, like salt and pepper kind of uh, female empowerment kind of way uh, that I think is very intentional and adds to the, yeah, this is fun. This is a very weird, very awkward thing that you have to do in order to initiate sex. But it's 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 being presented in this way that's like, uh, you know, push it kind of that way. Yeah. Huh. No, I want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on Hulu. It's a fantastic Great. sketch show. Uh, there's one thing that we haven't talked about yet, and I definitely want to talk about yeah. it before we stop talking about mm-hmm. this. And this is one of the the things that I like. I would encourage you to actually go and just Google Fruit Blood, and then mm-hmm. watch the YouTube of all of the Fruit Blood uh, sketches, because at the end of this one, at the end of first you get the haircut, the lead singer says, "Thank you very much. We're Fruit Blood. We're Juice." And to me, that seemed like it was the punchline of the entire Fruit Blood. Right. Like, w- there's a band called Fruit Blood. We all know what they're talking about. And then the lead singer in the very last episode acknowledges that they're juice. But it's not they're the last juice. episode that he does it's, that. It's, really? not, it's, it's, it's one, it's, one it's, of the no, middle it's ones. first you get the haircut that he does that. Well, yeah. in, when, I, when I watched it on uh, YouTube, first you get the haircut was the last sketch. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the last sketch is the sex game It is one. sex yeah, game. Yeah, okay, yeah. then that's interesting to me that he did that in the – Possibly penultimate right. episode, yeah. yes. but I, I did like that touch, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know why, but that might have been my favorite thing about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It is that acknowledging that fruit blood, fruit is, blood juice. is juice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, do you find yourself generally drawn to animated sketches over live sketches, or is it that just Brad Neely's particular style really connects with you? I, I think that it is. There's not a lot of them out there. I think then, uh, at least not mainstream ones. Uh, there's Robot Chicken, who is is, is slightly animated, um, that I watch pretty regularly. But stop uh, motion, yeah. yeah, stop motion kind of. But I think that animation itself, it just like I said before, it's it takes you out of the reality and actually has opportunity to manipulate reality in a way that you can't do with with live action, which yeah, is which is fantastic. Definitely. And I think that um, it's, it's just interesting to see the ways that they use it. it. There's definitely stuff you can do in animation that you can't do. Basically like um, like Bojack Horseman where oh, yes. like you can be you can be real like you can get on some really crazy subjects, mm-hmm. which you can do, you know, live action, but when you're doing comedy, it's like it's, it still keeps it fun for the viewer, mm-hmm. but then you're also really touching on really heavy things or you're being really super absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think not to go off on a BoJack Horseman tangent, because no. I've really only seen the first season. 
I don't think you could do BoJack Horseman live action. Like, Absolutely I don't think not. you could talk about what that show talks about live action and still you've have You've only seen the first season. I've only seen the first season. Yeah, it gets you've heavier. Only seen, yeah, you've only seen, you scratched <laughs> the surface of what BoJack Horseman can do over live action. I'm like, I can't take this, but I understand why you're doing it, right. and I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think my point was going to be, like, the exact opposite, though. Okay, like, go for what it. makes BoJack, like, why is it special that it's animated with these, you know, this mix of, you know, people and animals where it's really just telling it, it would connect with me more if there were if I was watching real people talk about these things rather than a horse avatar do it. Like I think that is what takes me out of that kind of thing is because it just feels like this is removing a level and therefore making it more inaccessible. It's That's interesting because I think that it, it it removes the expectation of that happening. So it, when it does happen, it makes it more surprising when there's this extra level. Let's, let me let me put it this way, if I may. <laughs> Have you seen? Nope, we're done. Okay. <sighs> no. <laughs> Have you seen the second season of The British Office? Yes. Okay. Do you find that hard to watch? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because you are you are watching an actual person, a real human being essentially disintegrate in front of you in a comedic way, right? Even though I've only been able to make it through the first season, it's easier to do that with BoJack because they're animated. Because you don't have to watch an actual person go through all of this stuff, but because mm. they're animated, because you have that extra sense of unreality, they sort of slip in the the topics that they want to talk about before you really understand what they're talking about. You're like, oh, weird, horse people, and, you know, Paul F. Tompkins is Mr. Peanut Butter, and what's going mm -hmm. on? And then they're like, oh, this is a serious uh, serious look at depression and why that doesn't absolve you of being an asshole, and let's keep going. It's in the similar vein where Family Guy and South Park, they can get away with so many things because it is animated. It's not real. Well, and I, I, I certainly see that. I think it's just, you know, a personal taste okay. thing of, yeah, where, okay. where, yeah. of how I how I view it and how I interpret it, and even like South know. Park too. Like they, they 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 are able to do <laughs> insane things just just because it's animated. What? Yeah, it's animated. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like you know, I, and it's not always just comedy too. Right. Things that they do. They, I, I think yeah, just putting that screen like it's basically just putting a screen in front of you so you can like you feel safe watching it because you know it's not like 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 Seth said you know it's not real. Mm -hmm. but they're, talk they're talking about real subjects and it's like, it just, I, I think specifically for comedy, like I think that's why animation, you can get away with more stuff. Yes. But to, to bring it back to Fruit Blood, the absurdity of Fruit Blood and the, I, I mean, uh, okay. There's, <laughs> there is, there is a little bit of nihilism involved in the Fruit Blood sketches. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, like the, the, dr the drummer alone, the drummer in the banana suit lying there feebly playing his drum while blood streams out of his nose, right? Mm -hmm. It would be kind of horrific to watch that in, if that was a real person. But in Fruit Blood, because it's animated, it's uncomfortably funny, which is the entirety of Fruit Blood. Right. The whole thing is uncomfortably funny. Those people on stage, uh, on stage, the band on stage in their costumes Watching that is uncomfortable, but because it's animated, it's funny. First times can be awkward for everything, including comedy. 
So why not look back at a comedy writer's first attempt at making an audience laugh? From Philly Sketchfest, have a listen to My First Sketch, the podcast introducing you to sketch comedians from around the world, starting with their first sketch. Hosted by me, Josh Hyam, we'll explore how a writer got started, what shaped their sense of humor, and where they go from here. Check out My First Sketch at myfirstsketch.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our second sketch, it's Seth. Hi, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about the state's old lighthouse Jeffers. And we've talked about the state before, but I just want to point out that they were a sketch group in the 90s that had three seasons on MTV and then CBS attempting to pick up a younger audience, right? CBS is sort of known for being the audience of people who are boomers. Um, <laughs> or the TV, the TV station for people who are boomers. They wanted to pick up a younger audience but didn't really know what to do with the state, who apparently turned down a 65-episode contract with MTV in order to go over to CBS. Wow. Yes. Uh, That's network, baby. That's network, baby. And they did one special, and the CBS audience didn't know what to do with it, and then that was the last we heard of them as a group. Oof, that's tough. That's what happened that's to the state? Really that's what happened to the state. Well, but then we got stuff like they did, like Tom Lennon and Carrie Kenny and... Uh, Michael Ian Black came back to do Viva Variety, mm. and then eventually we got Reno 911. And yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot. Like, they uh, did all right. They did all right. Yeah. Uh, Stella became, there was a skit. Well, yeah, uh, Stella. Stella. Yeah. yeah, they did Stella as well. Yeah. Uh, and Michael and Michael have issues. But yeah, uh, should have waited about five or 10 years for Adult Swim to come out. And, oh, you know. man. They would have killed <laughs> wow. on Adult Swim. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so that's the state. Go watch them. They're really good. And now here's a sketch about a guy in a lighthouse. Where are you boys coming from? New York. Albany? Uh, no, New York City. Oh, sure, sure, New York City. Got a lot of S&M bars down there, don't they? Sorry? S&M bars, you know, sadomasochism. Got a lot of them bars down there, don't they? Yeah, I, I guess they do. Yeah. yeah. I reckon a fella can't swing a dead cat without hitting a sadomasochism bar down there. Hmm. All right, Seth, why did you bring us that sketch today? Because I love old Lighthouse Jeffers. <laughs> or is it uh, because you love bondage? Uh, <laughs> call me, call him B. I'm going Take to say that sorts. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> those rumors, Senator. Say um, sex cave one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is a weird This is a weird show. It's a weird confluence of uh, sketches that have to do with um, bondage and uh, sex. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. I, I have always loved old Lighthouse Jeffers, and I think the reason is Tom Lennon, right? If mm. if you take him doing that character out of the sketch, like if you had anybody else doing it, I don't think it would work. Yeah, like Michael, Michael Ian Black would be a, a, a totally different, you no, know, it'd be a totally different sketch. Yeah, but I just love the fact that he's this weird old guy, possibly from Maine. I think is the dialect that he's he's going for. Oh well, yeah, oh yeah, sort of. yeah the, oh yeah, the, yeah. I got the Stephen oh, King yeah, kind of yeah, vibe. I got yeah. it. I, uh, <laughs> no. Takes all kinds. Oh, yeah. Takes all kinds. Yeah, all takes all. But I I just I just love him. I, I I pretty much love everything he does. I I love the the not at all tentative introduction of S and M to a conversation uh, with some guys who are just looking to use a phone because their car broke down. And then I love the turn that he does when he finds out that they go to sports bars. Yeah. 
That's the weird thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. No, because that's the weird thing. He was legit hurt by it. Like, he was like kind of upset about that. He's just like, you guys don't go to S&M bars? He, he, he yeah. definitely assumed because yeah. he, he was talking about it. And then he said, do you think they, uh, do they, um, the memberships over there? It's like, they, like he assumes they know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like, no, we mostly go to sports bars. S&M spots? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Well, takes all kinds. <laughs> my uh, my favorite thing in the sketch was the recurring, hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. But they kept saying, like, it, they would, it would, you know, when they realized something was weird, first Joe Latruglio going, hmm, and then everyone else doing it. Yeah. Um, I really loved that because it's, it, 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 it like almost pauses the sketch mm-hmm. for a second to give us like what our reaction is, what the audience's reaction is. And, I, and I'm a big fan of having that in the sketch when the world is weird to have a to have your characters recognize, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And I know you, we could we could debate for hours whether or not that's a good thing to do in a sketch. Um, but it's something I really, really loved in this sketch. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to jump in and piggyback on that for two things. One, one for S and M purposes. One for S and M purposes. An S and M piggyback ride. Yes. Anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, but one of the things you were saying about the world is the interesting thing is that there are three quote unquote normal guys, but because they start the sketch with old lighthouse Jeffers coming down the stairs of his lighthouse and opening the door and letting them in. He has clearly established that they are in his world, mm-hmm. yeah. right? They they have come from the normal world to old lighthouse Jeffers' world of S and M fantasies and and I guess lighthouses, and that's pretty yeah. Much and it. they definitely solidified that at the end when the when the tow truck driver was also like dressed in S and M gear. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually felt very like Stephen King esque to mm-hmm. me in terms of people arriving in a town where things are different. Yes. Like the whole town is different. It's almost like the town exists out of time or mm-hmm. out of place. Um, and w- when you have the tow truck guy come in the Atlas chaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I like that element of like this kind of transport to a weird world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say, I think that they, they missed a little trick, I think, or they, they, added too much with the tow truck driver. I like the tow truck driver, but I could have done without him putting the light, uh, the flashlight up to his face and saying, he's crazy. Like he, yeah. he comes in and he's like, old lighthouse Jeff is, bulb doesn't burn too bright. And I think they could have left it at that. Cause he's, yeah, cause he's not crazy. Cause he is clearly of this world that the tow truck driver is of the world as yeah, well. Definitely. This very old time, small town, sadomasochist world. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 that <laughs> classic art. Yes. Classic yes. Art. We all know that one. Yes. Uh, but they, yeah, they could have left it with, his bulb doesn't burn too brightly, but takes all kinds, takes mm, all kinds. Takes and, all kinds. Yeah. Oh, shoot. There was another thing I was going to talk about, and now I've forgotten it. Well, I think generally, one of the things that I think is, is interesting in this sketch and something that maybe is something you do different when you have a large group or you're shooting, but like, right. why wasn't this sketch just like, just Joe Latruglio coming in. Like, why are there three guys in the car? Like, w- does that add anything to the sketch? Stephanie, what do you I think? I don't think so. No. I, I, I think that it could have easily been done with one. I definitely agree with that. Because uh, although they're, they're um, it, then you wouldn't have the hmm, right. hmm moment that you really have. 
there. Maybe it adds to it in that there's more people on stage that are normal than there is this one person and it kind of shifts in that there now there's two versus three in the end. I um, have uh, yeah. I was gonna say I've remembered now what I was gonna talk about, and it okay. was you talking about the pause. And I think one of the things that it allows you to do with three people, and you could you could do it with two, but with with multiple people who are normal coming into old Lighthouse Jeffers' world, it allows us to wonder whether the game is going to change. In other words, mm-hmm. whether old Lighthouse Jeffers is going to pick up on these very obvious social cues and stop pressing people about S&M clubs. But he doesn't. So there's this pause where they think, we as the audience think, and we wonder what's going on. And then all Lighthouse Jeffers is back to, but uh, how about some more S&M conversation? <sighs> so I think it, it uh, you know, there's a, there's a pause where it suggests we might do something else. And then we go back to do the same thing. I really liked the reveal and then non-reveal of something weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I wanted to know what's weird to this guy. Because I think your brain immediately goes, oh, it's S&M stuff. But then like upon slightly further reflection, it's like, well, that seems very normal to him. So mm-hmm. what's weird to this guy? And I, I really wanted to know what it was. And I was a little annoyed I didn't get to find out. But also I was like, well, that's a nice touch. Of, well, like, it's yeah, the sports classic. bars. Or something. Well, right. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, the, is it sports yeah. bars? It, is it something like – is it like – kitchenware like yeah. it could be anything right but what's weird to this guy i love that and one of the great things about him hey you boys want to see something weird is tom lennon yeah. they don't ever the give sketch. him the chance to give tell right tell right. what that thing is the whole yeah the whole time i was thinking like so i was thinking like they, they kept saying s&m bars so much that i was like we're gonna have to see it right right and then like we kind of do the truck do right? yeah, yeah exactly yeah, 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 yeah but like but like th- that moment where it was like yeah i want to see something weird and i was like we're gonna see it and then uh, they cut away to it, and I was like, "Ah, yeah." yeah. But, but that was that was a good touch for me. But I thought, yeah. Tom Lennon keeps doing this thing with his tongue throughout the sketch, where he'll he'll basically just stick his tongue out and sort of lick his lips in a lascivious manner, and it's as <laughs> a it's, good SAT word right there. That's right, yes. it sure is lascivious. <laughs> Look it up. But it's 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 a really great touch, which is again why I think like I don't think you can do that sketch without Tom Lennon. I think you need him there, being old Lighthouse Jeffers. And the eyebrows. And the eyebrows. Shout out to the eyebrows, the eyebrows that are like the, eyebrows. the eyebrow. One one of them was coming off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's so so funny. But he's like, basically wearing again. If you haven't watched the sketch, and I don't know why, you should go watch it at this point. Oh well, it is behind a paywall. Never mind. Mm. Uh, but he's wearing like big Andy Rooney eyebrows. So whatever he twitches them up or down, it's it's like a it's like a small animal moving up or down yes. his forehead. It's really great. It reminded me of the uh, antennae with the killer bees sketches that oh, you guys did right. back yes. then, because oh, yeah. it was moving along separate, but it, adding to his strangeness. So, killer bees, another sketch that has been discussed mm-hmm. on sketches. Yeah. <laughs> I, one of the things I thought was uh, it stood out to me a little bit was. Almost like – I think it maybe it's just a problem sometimes with the state in general, but like really strong acting I thought out of Thomas Lennon and Joe Latruglio. Mm-hmm. And I thought – who is that? Michael Showalter. Showalter. And Ken Marino were a little weaker in this That's scene. interesting because I actually kind of like Ken Marino. But I, I, say, I yeah. Yeah, I do – I do see your point. Like, you know, as, as Stephanie was saying, like, I was a theater kid, mm-hmm. too. And I think that it's – I'm going to go out on a limb and say that some of the people in the state were also theater kids. And you get a strange mix of 
people who are used to acting and people who are used to doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah it's, uh, I, I think that might account for the differences that we saw. No, that's a good point. Stephanie, when you're doing stuff with house band, do you mm-hmm. find that there are some people who are like drawn more to the comedian aspect of it versus the actor aspect I of it? So. And that can be, is that, is that difficult um, when you're writing or I don't know if you I direct just think it's or, something to be mindful yeah. of that there are people who are more interested in the acting part than the, and then the writing part. Um, I think I find myself actually, because I was a theater kid, I'm more drawn towards the writing part. I'm not the writing part, but the acting and performing part in this particular group because I have done it before. And we're working with um, a, some people who this is for the first time they're doing this. So it's it's just different levels of and being respectful of that. Totally. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely something we see in Bad Medicine as well mm-hmm. with the different like, you know, someone like – you know, like Seth said, he's a theater guy. I grew up doing theater, mm-hmm. um, and then other people like Julian. You don't really have it. Didn't really have a theater background. No, I mean, I, I, I did. I, I, I was in a couple of plays, but I, I never like. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not a theater person. Yeah. You wouldn't consider yourself a thespian. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I like I like acting. I think it's fun. Uh, I think it's fun to find new things. Like, uh, but I, I, I just, I just approach it from a, I guess a, a comedian kind of way, where like. When I'm acting, I'm trying to find more jokes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people get frustrated with that, but because <laughs> I'm always like improvising and stuff like that. Sure. But. Well, it's 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 just it's improvising in the context of a sketch can be a little a little weird sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. But we digress, which is I also think. fun for me. Uh, yeah. Well, making people uncomfortable, <laughs> making people my uncomfortable. Scene and I like digression, so there yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> but coming back to the sketch, you know, it's it's almost like playfully dark. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There's like this hint of malice. Mm-hmm. There are ways that it could have gone darker. Obviously, you say you write if when you're taking your theatrical approach and you're writing for the stage, mm-hmm. you say a dark comedy approach. If you mm-hmm. had this premise, is there how would is there a different way you might approach it? I definitely would have added a little bit more for the other two characters, uh, probably adding a little bit more of a variance between uh, how old Jeffers uh, reacts to all of the characters. Uh, I know, I, For example, I noticed that there was one that kind of looked, uh, when I first saw him, he looked like an American David Tennant, and that might be the that might be Ken Marino, or I'm not yeah, sure that, which I, one no, that I is. I think that was Showalter. Yeah. Oh, Showalter? Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's I don't know. The, he's he's just like seeing one. like, oh, hey, you're, tall one with a, beaky you're a tall drink of water or something like just and so maybe then having one of well the. very well at the S&M bars. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like if, if you've taken a particular yeah. shine to one of the characters. Yeah, so it takes yeah. a particular shine. And then maybe adding in that the other characters are like, well, why is he, What what's special about him? Why not me? And Yeah, I think. Hey, the, I've done, you know, I'm, I've dabbled in. Like anal beads or something. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just heightening it. Like, you know, you can slap me. I, I don't know. Maybe it would devolve into us. Like, who can take the who can take mm-hmm. the a slap better or something like that. Today on Sex Nerds, we'll be talking <laughs> sex sketch nerds. <laughs> Podcast. We are not qualified. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Sadly. Um, um, Sorry, sorry, continue. Well, I was going to say, if I if I yeah. had it, I think uh, I think Stephanie had a lot of good ideas. Yeah. But I think I would end with those three guys chained in a sex dungeon. Yeah. Or a sex cave, as, you know, Fruit Blood might say. But isn't that oh, where yeah. we'd expect it's it to go? Sex cave, say right. it again. 
<laughs> sex cave. Thank you. Uh, sex cave. It might be, but I also don't think it's necessarily a bad way to go. No. Yeah, that's fair. The whole time I wanted to see it too. I wanted to mm-hmm. see the sex, not sex game, but like the sex, whatever, sex, whatever bar. was yeah. weird. Bar, whatever. Yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to see it. But then, like, when he says, I want to see something weird, and they're like, but they cut it. That I thought that was like, the more I think about it, the more I like that approach, where mm-hmm. it's like, we don't see it. Right. But uh, not unlike, uh, as you're saying, not unlike Stephen King, they remove themselves from a situation they are mm-hmm. uncomfortable in and perhaps perceive as dangerous to somewhere where they can be safe mm-hmm. and everything's normal. And then the trucker shows up, or the, yeah, the tow truck yeah. driver shows up wearing assless chaps. Right. And like le- a leather jacket and a bunch of other leather gear. And it's like, oh no, we're here again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We're well, still I, here. <laughs> I think one of the things also with the, we kind of tying this back, this conversation back to the, um, the number of people in the sketch mm-hmm. is that keeps having there be three and one. It keeps the power dynamic very much. If, if old Jeffers was just talking to old lighthouse, Jeffers was talking to just one guy, mm-hmm. then he would have this like outsized power relationship, I think, because it's all on his turf. Mm-hmm. It's one-to-one and he's the weirder guy by right. having three guys. We have this, the playing field is more level presumably yes. because it's, I don't know. It's unlikely that he can overpower all three of them right. or do something to all of them. And so that's just a random connection. Maybe he wants them all to overpower him. Well, I mean, he was talking about <laughs> getting clamp? spanked by a yes. diamond. Yeah. Scrotal clamp. Scrotal clamp. That's, that's what it was. With a little eyebrow wink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. An eyebrow. Yeah. Eyebrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, it's such a good sketch. It yes. really is. Yeah, I enjoyed and, it so and, much. And I gotta say, unlike Stephen King, this world was good. What? Well, I, we every, can. It's, it's, it's that's well another. Known. Sketch. There, there, uh, was, there wasn't. King, to be fair, there was not an ancient evil hiding under the lighthouse, waiting to devour them, body and soul, oh, that we mean, know of. You mean good as in morally, not good as in no. Like, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like uh, literally, I just don't think Stephen King's good. Oh. <laughs> oh. We, I mean, like, it keeps coming back. Like, we keep, uh, ne- Never mind. This is a whole other yeah, tangent. I understand. We a, talk about Stephen uh, King a lot. Yeah, Welcome yeah, to yeah. Stephen should, King nerds. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and I am Grant, qualified for that. Insanely one. rich, I, and there's, well. he has a ton, ton of stuff, and he's way better than he, he's way better than me for sure. But you know, uh, no. now uh, just a it's little, different little quick tag up on the Stephen King before we get back to talking about what the show's about. I reread it and I'm rereading Salem's Lot and I think I can honestly say Salem's Lot's good. I, I think mm. if you haven't read Salem's Lot, go read Salem's Lot. It's so got scary. A, it's no. got a lot of the it's got a lot of the stuff in it that is good, but without all the bullshit that makes it problematic and very, very weird. I think his short stories are very very well written, and I think oh, yeah. that that's a good place to start if you want to. Yeah, dabble night shift, skeleton crew, yeah, secret window was good, but you know that. Any, anyway, secret garden fan. Yeah. <laughs> now, sixty to, minutes. <laughs> to, yeah, right. <laughs> to uh, to kind of wrap us up. Now, this sketch is behind lots of paywalls. You can watch it through Amazon Prime if you pay for the episode. Mm-hmm. But we watched it on a DVD that Seth happily provided, and Seth. Isaiah, our producer, wants me to ask you, how many DVDs do you own? How many, I don't want to take credit for this question. How many DVDs do I own? If you count all of the individual DVDs yes. in all of the sets, I probably <laughs> own something like 100 DVDs. Oh, wow. All right. That's pretty good. 
Me too. I own about 20. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I own the that, Dark Knight. Which is too many, but according know, to my And boyfriend. Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I think those are the DVDs. <laughs> well, I, I got, you know, I like, have like the complete Monty Python and I bought The Prisoner. It, like, it's all, it's all like weird. Most of it's weird sketch shows or animated stuff. That's, that's what's going on. All right, it's time for our final thoughts on the sketches. Stephanie, can you come up with a rating system for how we rate these sketches today? Sure. Well, I think that uh, given old Jeffers's amazing appendages, I think we should say that we rank them on a scale of one to ten uh, winking eyebrows. One to ten one to winking ten eyebrows. eyebrows. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's start with uh, Fruit Blood. Yep. Uh, why don't you, how would you rate our, uh, Fruit Blood? Well, are we just rating first they get the haircut or are we rating let's all rate, of them? Let's rate fl- Fruit Blood as a whole. I think we okay. talked about it as a collective enough. So. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think out of 10, I'd give it about, I'm a little biased, but I think 8.5 winking yeah. eyebrows. What's half a winking much. eyebrow? Half a winking eyebrow is, 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 is. We a little hair that comes <laughs> off when <laughs> as he's winking. I nice. Like maybe having a seizure. Maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, you know, the kids uh, shave the line into their eyebrow and mm-hmm. break it up a little bit. That's half an eyebrow, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Great 60-minute segment on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Andy Rooney. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, for me, I would probably give this one, I don't know, closer to four. This just isn't really my style. That's Fair. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's uh, yeah, it's it's just not for me. We we've had there have been other sketches in a similar vein to this mm-hmm. that have just not they're just not for me. I think I I like some of the the random touches. I actually, I really like the Princess Diana bit, but just really wasn't for me exactly. Seth. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think I think this sketch sort of ends up a, a casualty of the Tim and Eric wars on this show. Where, totally. Yeah. Yes. Uh, half of us like Tim and Eric, and the other half. Sitting mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> um, so I was actually, I was drawn in by it. It was very weird. I'm not sure I totally understand everything that was happening. And I want to. I actually want to go back and watch it again to see if I could pick out what those references are and try to figure out why they're in the show. But I think I'm a little bit more positively than you. I think I'm going to have to give it six eyebrows. There you go. Six eyebrows. Nice. But let me say that a pair of those eyebrows does belong to Andy Rooney. So it's oh. it's, it's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah. Famous all connected. eyebrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, for the exact reasons uh, Seth just said, that's why I like it. And I'm a huge Tim and Eric fan. And I think I'm, a, this, I, I, I'm glad you brought this because now I'm like, <laughs> let's, let's get into this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm going to give it four eyebrow haircuts, which will net me <laughs> 20 titties. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. I love it. Good. <laughs> Glad that four eyebrow haircuts. So that's five. That's five. Yep. Five titties per haircut. Okay. Right. Good to know. That's yeah. nice. Per eyebrow haircut. Per eyebrow haircut. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Should be specific. Yes. Right. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us for another episode Whoa, of- no. oh. We haven't oh, rated whoops. Old Lighthouse Jesus. Jeffers. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I was out late last night. It's all right. It's all right. I was I didn't get home till twelve fifteen. <laughs> so late. All right, Seth, how would you rate on the number of eyebrows old lighthouse Jeffers? Uh I am going to give it a nine. I'm not giving it a ten because I think again the the ending was a little soft. Mm-hmm. Uh but the rest of the sketch for me is very good, very well done. Uh and I want to stress in this case that the last pair of eyebrows belong to Groucho Marx. Oh, nice. <laughs> Another uh, 
not I was going to say alum of we've talked about Marx we Brothers. We certainly have stuff. talked about the Marx Brothers. Yes, uh, we have. He's been on the show. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Friend of the show, Groucho. We Marx. brought his skeleton, and it was it, an uncomfortable episode because he didn't answer any of our questions. That's right. But um, we did say the secret word. All right. Uh, for me, I would give this sketch uh, eight. Uh, I really liked, like I said, I really liked the hmms. I liked the second turn where he's weirded out by the football stuff. And I loved the leaving us wanting more. What does this guy think is weird? I like that. Um, Julian, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I also love the uh, us wanting more and then sort of solidifying that this like it's not just him. It's the entire world that these guys are in that are into S&M bars. So uh, I'm going to give it uh I'm going to give it four eyebrows, which will net me 20 tank clamps. Nice. Okay. Taint clamps. Scrotum. Taint clamps. How do you Scrotum taint a, or you clamp a? Well, you got to stretch it out. You got to stretch out your taint so it can be clamped. Well, you know, it's, right. it, it's, uh, you can. Stephanie, how many? Uh... <laughs> well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the sketch and I think that it was very well acted and I, I love, I'm a huge fan of the eyebrows. So I'm going to give it about six eyebrows. And I'm also, because Julian is not a fan of Stephen King and I recently had a conversation <laughs> about Stephen King's nose hair. Okay. And how prominent they are! Yes. I'm going to I'm going to throw in some three uh, three Stephen King's nose hairs for good measure. Okay, all right, <laughs> powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Those nose hairs have seen a lot. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they sure have. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Stephanie House, for being on today's show. Stephanie, where can our listeners find you Thank out you. in the world? Well, you can find me at the House Band. We are going to be performing in May, and I'm actually having a stage reading over at the Rose Theatre Company in April. So. How very exciting. It's, it's very exciting. Awesome. All right, fellow Sketch Nerds, please like, share, and subscribe. If you know of a great sketch we haven't discussed yet, please send it to us. We love getting suggestions. We've done it once. We'd love to do it more. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Stephanie House, Julian Morgan, and Seth Alcorn, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act, Fair Use Exemption, for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit BadMedicineComedy.com.